Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. Delaware County, and welcome back for episode number 26 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi, and it is a miserable rainy afternoon here in State College, Pennsylvania, uh, as we get set for this episode here. So I don't know, at the time of this recording, obviously this is before any potential games would happen on Monday. I have no idea what the weather's like in Delco, but these are, you know, this is all going to be for the games from from last week and and the week before that, kind of just catching up. On what we've what we've seen so far, we're about three weeks away from the district playoffs starting. Uh, very exciting. I know that last year we had Strathaven made it to the district championship. Marple made it to, I think they won the playback game. So they both made it to states. So hopefully we will have a deep run this year that can end in my own backyard. That would, that would sure be convenient for me if a, uh, a Delco team made the state championship because I'm on this lease at Penn State till August, so we can have a party in my place uh, if you guys win. Uh, I will gladly uh, get behind that, but listen, we have a lot to cover here. Uh, I, I do want to uh, quickly apologize because I try to get this show out as often as I can. It's just hard with, you know, this is my senior semester, so finishing all my classes. I play for the club team here, so I'm, my weekends are pretty much taken up, but uh, a lot of the focus has been going to articles, but at the end of the day, I, I really do like being on the air the most and getting the interviews done but now that my classes are coming to an end graduation's coming up i'll definitely have more time to try and get more interviews uh going especially once we get closer to the playoffs but for right now i want to start off this episode by giving a quick shout out to some of the guys that i brought on the staff you know for a while it was just kind of me doing my own thing and i realized that if i want this to get to the place where i want it to get to you know i, I need some more people to help me out so Started off with Dylan Johnson. He is a senior at Chichester who I actually met covering high school football back in the fall with PA Football News. Uh, I know that he's got a lot of passion. He will be going to Villanova next year. So hopefully uh, still around to help out a little bit, but he's been doing a good job with the Del Val League. Also brought in Ben Thorpe. He graduated from Springfield in 2016 and Elizabethtown, I believe, in 2020. Still pitches in the Delco League for Upper Darby. Uh, so he has been doing a lot of writing, and definitely once the Delco League season comes, uh, I'm going to try and have him on the podcast more, and you know, just just to get kind of different perspectives. You know, he's a pitcher, I'm a hitter, so we kind of have that balance there, which works out nice. Uh, but for right now, he's been doing a great job helping me with the Central League recaps. You know, PCL and Interact, there's only like two or three Delco teams each, so those aren't too bad. And Del Val is a small conference, but you know, the Central League, there's there's six games, you know, pretty much at all times and 12 teams each. So getting some help there. 
has just made the quality improve for sure. So happy to have those guys on. We've also had one of my favorites, uh, Declan Wayman has done a great job at trying to balance between being a player on Harriton and also being a writer here. And, you know, from personal experience, like doing this podcast in the Delco League, like it can be a little weird to talk about your own team and especially yourself when you do something cool like uh, like he did when he homered earlier in the week. But he's been great. He's been helping out with Harriton. And I believe uh, he told, I, I, I apologize, either stepbrother or halfbrother. I think stepbrother plays for the Haverford School. So uh, he's been able to help me out with that as well. Just, you know, continuing to build, build this brand. And if anybody's listening to this that has an interest, whether that be writing, photography, you know, social media, r- graphics, really anything that you could think would, would help improve, you know, please feel free to reach out. Uh, I think DMs are open on all the Delco baseball accounts. Uh, so definitely, definitely don't be afraid to reach out. We're always looking to expand. Hopefully, you know, hopefully get some sponsorships as well. And that goes in addition to that, uh, get some sponsorships and, and, you know, continue to keep building this thing. But uh, thanks to everybody that has been following along. Uh, you know, this is something that even going back to when I was in high school, I felt like, you know, there was a lot that, you know, a lot more that could be done in terms of content around here and just trying to branch out and, and do different things that people will like and try and kind of match the passion that the the players have. You know, people always ask, like, how do you know what people want to see? Or like, how do you know what to do for your audience? Like, well, I was one of them. I was, you know, a senior at Strathaven in 2017, which, geez, now now thinking about it, it kind of is a long time ago. But, uh, you know, it, it was something that I felt like there was a lot of people in this area, both players, you know, families, friends, whatever that, that really care about this stuff. Even even college coaches uh, will ideally tune in at some points. But, you know, that's uh, that's the goal here. So we're going to start off this episode uh, baseball-wise with some standings. Now, you can check on the Delco baseball website. I try and update them every day as often as I can. So we're going to start off with the Central League because that's the bulk of our teams here. Strathaven leading the way at 8-2. and two. We have a tie for second place between Marple Newtown and a Ridley team that is suddenly red hot. They started 1-4. They won five games in a row. Ball's starting to bounce their way, so they are tied for second. We also have a tie after that for fourth. That's Lower Marion and Conestoga, both sitting at 5-4. and four. Upper Darby having a, a nice, uh, I don't even want to necessarily say surprise year because when you look at that pitching staff you know, in the roster, you know the, the pieces were there. Uh, and, and Chris Zepito and Chris Chung, we'll talk about later, have been unbelievable. But them and Garner Valley both sit at 5-5. Five and five. They have a tie after that as well. A lot of duos here. Pencrest and Hareton both sitting at 4-5, and five, I believe. Uh, they had some games rained out last week, so they still got to catch up. Haverford High School, not Haverford School, Haverford High School, public school, sitting at 4-6. and six. And we have a tie for 11th, Springfield and Radnor, both at 3-7. and seven. I could talk for hours about my philosophy that the Central League should have playoffs, kind of like the PCL does. Now, maybe not every single team in it like the PCL does, or I think it's like 10 out of 12 or 10 out of 13, maybe. Um, whatever it is, it's not every single team, but it's, it's the majority of them. Even the Central League, I've argued you could do like two teams from the one side, you know, the Strathaven, Pencrest, you know, Marple side, or two teams from the other side, the Lower Marion, Conestoga Garner Valley side, the Ridley side, right? So, and, um, you know, even something as simple as semifinals and a championship, right? Like the one seed from one side plays the two from the other or the one and two, you know, on the same side play. I just think that that would have such a cool turnout. Like you saw what 
the PCL championship looked like when it was at Penn Stadium. It was absolutely packed there. There were so many people there between Bonner and, and Wood. And just the idea that, you know, now you have a cool venue that you could do it, like Marple Newtown under the lights, like get these, you know, these games people will come out to. If you build it, they will come, right? If you, if, you know, right now it would be Strathaven would play Lower Marion in one semi and Marple would play Ridley in the other and they play in the finals. Or if you want to split it, you know, side by side, do Strathaven and Marple would play then Ridley and Lower Marion, right? Or Conestoga. So uh, just something to think about. I don't even know if how that even, would even, you know, become a thing, but uh, it's just me spitballing there. But speaking of the PCL, that'll be our segue over as Father Judge sits in first place. They are still undefeated. Bonner went 12-0 last year, so uh, we could potentially be seeing a repeat uh, so Judge sits in first at 8-0. Bonner right behind him, 7-2. They've already played this year. So Bonner technically three games back due to the tiebreaker. Archbishop Wood in third place at 6-2. Roman Catholic fourth place at 6-3. LaSalle rounds out the top five at 5-3. They are tied with Newman Goretti at 5-3. Nice bounce back season from Cardinal O'Hara, one of the three Delco teams here. Four if you count Devin Prep, but still kind of a question mark there. I'm not even sure. Cardinal O'Hara five and four after two and ten last year. Archbishop Carroll right behind them at three and five. Archbishop Ryan, Conwell Egan, Lansdale Catholic, and St. Joe's Prep are all tied for ninth place at two and six. And Devon Prep rounds it out at one and eight. Hopefully their turf stadium will be ready soon. But uh, Bonner, you know their their title defense campaign. It started good, then it wasn't good, and then it's been really good since then. They were two and zero, oh, and they went to zero and two, and then they've won five in a row since then. So. Uh, Pretty, pretty good bounce back there. They're seeming to kind of start to get into their rhythm a little bit. Cardinal O'Hara had some great pitching performances this week that we'll get to. And Archbishop Carroll hasn't quite put it together the way that they'd like to, but they got a big week ahead of them. All right, moving over to the Interact here. Springside Chestnut Hill leads the way at 4-1, I think. I'm pretty sure. Sometimes that they, their games don't always get reported, but I'm pretty sure they're 4-1. Episcopal and Malvern, I know that they are both 4-2. Uh, Penn Charter in fourth place at two and three. The Haverford School got their first two interact wins there. Now up to two and four. And Germantown Academy at one and five. Rounding out the big conferences in Delaware County, we got the Del Valle League. Chichester total domination this year. They're eight and zero. Interborough behind them at seven and two. Chester at three and five. Academy Park at one and six. And Penwood at zero oh and six. All right. So now that we know how these teams line up in their own conference. We got to take a look at the bigger picture here. We got the district rankings up here. The formula is on here. It's kind of confusing, but I'll do my best to try and explain it. The way it's going to work is so all the Delco teams, the, the public school teams that are in the district one brackets are either in 5A or 6A. So the, the two biggest uh, five and six. So we'll go, I'll just rip through. It is one through 12 for 5A. I'll just go 1-12 and then highlight the Delco team. So first place, the defending District 1 5A champ, that's Upper Dublin. They're 8-1. Chichester in second place is 8-0. Strathaven in third place at 8-2. Phoenixville in fourth place, they are also 8-2. Westchester East in fifth place, they are 8-4. Marple Newtown in sixth place, they are 6-4. Unionville also 6-4 there in seventh place. Upper Moreland in eighth place at 5-3. Also 5-3 in ninth is Hatborough Horsham. Interborough. In 10th place at 7-2, Oxford in 11th at 5-5, five and, five, and Westchester Ruston rounds it out at 5-5. Five and five. So, specifically from Delco, Chichester's the 2, Strathaven's the 3, Marple's the 6, Innerborough's the 10. Now, if you look at the whole picture, 
it's really interesting. And when I was a senior, it was actually 16 teams that made it, not 12. Pencrest, Harriton, Sun Valley, Springfield, and Radnor are the first five teams out. So the potential for there to be more Delco teams in this playoff bracket is massive. But right now, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that where all five of these teams are from the area that would be potentially left out of this uh, of this bracket if it ended today. But uh, I believe the way it works is the top, I believe the top four seeds get a bye. And then after that first round, you're left with eight teams. And then it just kind of goes to like normal March Madness, like Elite Eight, Final Four stuff. So Chichester and Strathaven would get a bye. Marple would play Oxford. And Interboro would play Unionville. So I'm very curious to see if any of these teams kind of these Delco teams slide up late in the year because they're going to be playing each other. So Pencrest, Harriton, Springfield, and Radnor, they're all going to be playing each other again because they're all on the same side of that Central League bracket. So they all play each other twice. So those games, you know, someone's going to be sliding up a little bit. So keep an eye on that. So looking at the 6A bracket, it appears that they've made a change this year where 24 teams out of the 39 teams make it which is really interesting because I believe last year it was 20 and I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I guess it'll probably, if you think about it, it's probably just doubled the tournament of what the 5A is. So I would guess that the top eight teams would get a bye week. Those 16 would play to get you to, yeah, all right. So I'm going to say that the top eight teams here get a bye week. Unfortunately, the top eight teams here, none of those teams are in Delco. We're going to run through it one to 24 and then I will go into where the Delco teams are. Start off in first place at 8-1 is North Penn. Second place, 10-1 is Mathacton. Third place, Plymouth White Marsh at 8-1. Fourth is Avongrove at 9-2. Springford in fifth place there at 10-1. Pensbury in sixth at 7-2. Coatesville in seventh at 8-4. Central Bucks West in eighth at 7-2. Harry S. Truman at 9 at 6-3. Our first Delco team here the 10th seed, that's Ridley at 6-4. Wissahickon in 11th at 6-3. Conestoga and Lower Marion tied for 12th, but Conestoga has the slight tiebreaker. So Conestoga 12 and Lower Marion at 13. Abington's in 14th at 5-3. Downingtown West in 15th at 7-5. Owen J. Roberts in 16th at 5-4. Neshaminy in 17th at 6-4. Upper Darby in 18th at 5-5. Downingtown East in 19th at 6-6. Garnet Valley and 20th at 5 and 5, CB South at 21, they're 4 and 4, Council Rock South, they're 22nd at 4 and 5, Westchester Henderson 23rd at 5 and 7 and rounding out the top 24 is Souderton at 4 and 5. That is a lot to process. For anyone that had to listen to that, uh, <laughs> I apologize, but just wanted to put it all out there. So the top eight teams will be getting a bye. Like I mentioned, there's really not too much Delco in this bracket. Ridley is in 10th place or the highest seed. With the top eight getting a bye, they would play Westchester Henderson in the first round. Looks like Conestoga would play Central Bucks South. And we would actually have a Delco on Delco matchup. Lower Marion and Garnet Valley in the first round. And if I'm not mistaken, that was opening day where Van Wilner threw a complete game shutout against Garnet Valley. So that would probably be the pitching matchup. Again, uh, with him and Shane McDermott. So, some spicy stuff. I, I doubt it's going to stay exactly the same. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. These guys are going to play each other again. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to give everybody a little overview before we go into more content from the week, you know, where everything stands. I've been trying to find the standings for the PESA, like all the Interact teams, and 
uh, and whoever they play in the playoffs, like the Hill School and uh, Shipley and who else is there, like Friend Central. I just haven't been able to compile them all together. With that being said, I mean, the Interact teams that I've talked about are the only ones from Delco anyway. So, you know, there's plenty of Delco kids on Friend Central, but we'll, we'll get a little bit closer to the playoffs. We'll talk more about that. But, you know, the main bulk of it is from from Delco and public schools in, in District 1. Uh, same thing with, like, Bonner. You know, it's like the PCL teams are the ones in District 12. Like, they're the only ones I would talk about anyway. All right, so let's get started on the week with the Interact because I think the Interact had probably the most exciting slate of games this week just as a whole. Start off, the team of the week definitely had to be the Haverford School. They took down Episcopal and Malvern Prep. They were 0-4 going into this week. So, you know, when you're when you're in that clubhouse and thinking, like, you have, you know, so much talent on your team, but you look up and you're 0-4, which sucks. So going into this game, you know, it was important that going into the first Episcopal game on Tuesday that, you know, it was important that they got in the win column. And going into the seventh inning, they were down 7-4, to four, staring that 0-5 start, you know, right in the face. So the question then becomes, like, how bad do you want it? And apparently they wanted it pretty bad because they put up four runs in the bottom of the inning, capped off with a two-run, two-out walk-off single from Sean Doherty. That's his second walk-off of the year. He had one against Garner Valley earlier in the year. Just, you know, that's that can be a season-changing win. And I think a lot of teams that have won championships, really at any level, will tell you that there was one game, like, in the regular season, or even a game early in the playoffs, that everything changed. And to be able to, you know pick up a win against an Episcopal team that I think at the time of that was three and one. I believe they were three and one. And, you know, you give yourself a chance to stay alive, right? Like they want to stay championship at three and seven last year. Sure. But you can't rely on that, you know, to be able to go on the road every time and, and have, you know, the right bounces, but getting that win and then following that up with a win against Malvern prep on Friday, you know, has them right back in it. There's a lot of games left, and it all starts with Mark Quatrani. I mean, when you look at what this guy has done, his OPS is over two. He's had over 70 plate appearances this year, and his OPS is over two. Like, that's almost impossible. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it. His batting average is over 620. He's got eight home runs this year. I, I understand the Haverford field isn't the biggest, but... There has been some on the road, and it's not exactly like they're wall scrapers. But he had two of them this week, one in each of the games. In a 10-7 win over Malvern Prep, he had a three-run homer that got Haverford from 7-10. to 10. So uh, it's, you know, he's doing it when it matters, too. In the rally against EA, they were willing to put the tying run in scoring position instead of throwing him strikes, which just shows how good he's been. He will be headed to Cornell after this year. Uh, potentially Delco Baseball Player of the Year based on you know, what we've seen so far. But it's a good week from Haverford. It's a good week to stay alive and, you know, kind of be able to take a deep breath and be like, all right, listen, like we still have a lot of work to do, but like there's some light. So um, I unfortunately their stats are not all public right now, so I don't have too much more to tell uh, besides Quatrani. But I, I mean, I know that this team, you know, up top with Connor Scanlon and Cole Donnelly, you know, these guys are talented. And it was just a matter of time before they started to kind of pick it up. Now, if you're Episcopal, you are on the other side of this. You were coming in flying high. You had a three-run lead ready to take down your rival. 
and you let up four runs in the bottom of the inning and you lose. A lot of teams would, you know, kind of have that type of loss and then go on a bit of a spiral, right? Like you, you know, there's negative momentum just as much as there's positive momentum, but they went out and they took care of business against Germantown because Logan Carell has been awesome this year. He let up, I think either it was either one or two hits and one of them was a solo homer. So, you know, minimize the damage, whatever. Five to one win. Carell has an ERA of 2.68 this year. Him and Derek Boyd-Voles at 2.25 ERA for him. You know, they've been a very good one-two punch. And, and this Episcopal team definitely has a lot of pitching, I think, from what you've seen. Like, I know Michael Cadden, you know, was part of the, the game that they lost against the Haverford School and was a bit wild, you know, before that. But he was rock solid up until then. And that's the life of a bullpen pitcher. You know, you can throw... 10 straight scores innings, but if you get rocked one time or if you have a, a rough outing, then your numbers are going to look a lot worse. But I know that they still trust him, and this is just a little bump in the road. Timmy Dennis is a freshman that is throwing very meaningful innings for them. You know, they, they have a lot of talent, and, and they're showing this year that, you know, they can hit a little bit too. You got Jake Verbitsky. I'm sure anybody familiar with the Episcopal program will hear Verbitsky and have good memories of, of Kyle. And Jake's a sophomore that, you know, as a, you know, when you talk, when I talked with Kyle at on deck, he talked about how good of a catcher he is. You know, defensively, like he's catching pro guys, you know, with ease and, and bullpens and getting that experience. But he's hitting three fifty two, so, so you know, it's it's very impressive that at a young age he's he's been able to do that. And any high school coach will tell you that if you have the catcher position locked up, you're in a great spot. Like that's why coming from Strathaven, I can speak highly of guys like Brady Mutz, Kevin Mahalan, Dave Shore. They've had so many, Matt Kane now, they've had so many good catchers come through and it makes your life easy. But EA, they've also had uh, TJ Cadden. It's having a good year at the plate. He's hitting around 350. Tyler Beaulieu, Cornell commit around 350 as well. Alex Barrist has, has had a great year. Uh, he's hitting 380 right now. He's got a 1092 OPS. I said earlier in the year when the Episcopal guys, like, you know, it, it's like they've kind of all hit at like the same you know pace throughout the year like they had a bunch of guys hitting like high 200s and high and then low 300s now everybody's starting to creep up uh so you know this is a very good team they're sitting four and two they had a, a big win over malvern home and now they get to go right back on the road on tuesday and, and try and take the season series for them which would really really send a message and likely be the difference in who would potentially host a playoff game if ea and malvern were playing and they were you know around the same seeds but ea's got a game or two in hand then they're going to get that home playoff game. And I think Malvern will tell you that EA student section was loud. You want that game at home if possible. So big game for Malvern on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Malvern. As I mentioned, you know, I like to talk about Malvern because A, there are a bunch of kids from Delco on the team. And B, they're really good. They're in the Interac. They play all, you know, the EAs and the, and the Haverfords. You know, they came in after a tough loss at EA and they crushed Springside Chestnut Hill. That was a Springside Chestnut Hill team that was undefeated at the time. And Malvern beat them 11-1. to They've got incredible pitching. they got Charlie O'Shell, who's committed to UVA. they got Tate Davis, who was a little bit wild against Haverford, but you know he made up for it hitting two homers at the plate. He's committed to Louisville uh, as a hitter and a pitcher. You know They are a very deep team. Tim Dickinson, another Delco guy from St. Joe's. Trey Tiffin. Like, they have a freshman, Brady Abate, that's been absolutely mashing. Uh, I think that... Well, their problem, it seemed like, has had been walks and errors. Like, they had that one big inning against Haverford where I think Haverford scored five runs, and they're they're beating themselves by being wild on the mound, and they're beating themselves by making errors. And I think, you know, that's what uh, I'm sure Freddie's preaching to, to his guys there. 
But, you know, a big, big, big game for them against Episcopal. These teams are both 4-2 and two now. You lose that game to EA, and they have a game in the standings on you, and they've beaten you twice. So, uh, interesting up. I like it. I think there's a lot of teams that have the potential to win this. You know, usually, I would say, maybe not at this point of the year. Like, we're about halfway through, maybe a little over for most teams. But you can make an argument that a lot of teams can still win this. Like, I won't completely rule out Haverford at 2-4, and four, Penn Charter at 2-3. You know, a lot of games left, and uh, it's going to be a grind. All right, Interact done. We'll stay in the private schools. We will head to the PCL. Uh, Monsignor Bonnerson in second place. They had a 2-0 week. They took down Devon Prep. That game was at Maple Zone. They also took down Lansdale Catholic. Uh, the player of the week last week, who I didn't get to talk about because we, we didn't have a show last week, was Harry Carr. And, you know, the day that he won his player of the week award, he came out and threw more shutout innings. I think it was uh five i think it was five shutout innings or potentially uh, it might have been six 0.76 era this season the question going into the year for bonner had to be how can we replace michael anderson and kevin henrick on the mound you lose two division one pitchers what happens well harry carr 0.76 era and brian henry 1.18 era you're never going to completely replace those guys but you have to credit how good carr and henry have been in being that one-two punch you know for an offense that has a lot of talent, but just hasn't completely put it all together yet from top to bottom. You know, Irv Fisher hitting 390 right now. He's driven in 17 runs this year, seven more than anyone else on the team. Kevin McGonigal's in 382, the 1294 OPS. Now, you see that OPS is so high because, A, he's getting walked a lot. Teams don't want to face him. And when he hits the ball, he's hitting, he's hitting for power. He's hitting his homers. He's hitting his doubles. Um, he's been kind of shifting around the order a little bit. You know, I saw him in the leadoff spot. One game, he's been at two. You know, it's just D-Bar trying to figure out what the best possible combo is for this team right now. CJ Nochella has been great. He's hitting 333. Jackson Kehoe, 308. Ryan Friel, 300. So, you know, a lot of guys having real solid seasons. They've definitely picked it up. Uh, they, you know, they had a couple rough games in a row, like uh, Father Judge and Roman Catholic, where they couldn't quite put the bats together. But, you know, they're, they're getting it done now. So, they're starting to... Uh, to really get hot that's five straight wins in the pcl they will have a game of carol that was supposed to be monday afternoon will be tuesday afternoon now uh they'll have a rematch against holy ghost uh the team that they played in the state semifinals last year that knocked them out so you know that they're going to have some revenge on their mind in that game for sure all right cardinal o'hara let's talk about the lions a little bit because this team as you know as i've mentioned on the show before and I, I feel like I say it a lot, but it's just to get the point across, man. Like, they were 2-10 and 10 last year, and they're 5-4 and four now. They had a 2-0 and 0 week last week, and starting pitching was fantastic in those games. Noah McMullen went 6-2 and thirds shutout innings in a 1-0 win over St. Joe's Prep. And Pat Ahern came in to get the save on three pitches, three straight strikes. Uh, to quote Jose Alvarado, strike one, strike two, and good luck. And then right after getting that save, Pat Ahern went all six innings. In a 4-1 win over Devin Prep, he now has a 1.79 ERA on the season. Uh, he will be playing his college baseball at Albright. And, you know, he has been an anchor for this team that could that could really use one. And he's really done a great job at, you know, being efficient. Like, I remember one game, I think he threw a complete game in 60 pitches and 50 of them were strikes. If you go after hitters like that and you trust your defense behind you, you're going to have a lot of success. Uh, offensively, Paul Daly. He's up to a 353 average. He's got an 1100 OPS. You know, he's the heart of this order. And I talked with him 
back at on deck training center in the fall, you know, about this team. And I'm not going to say that he, he, you know, was like talking bad about them, but he's like, yeah, like, I'm just not really sure, you know, what to expect, you know, from this team this year, he'll be heading to Chestnut Hill after that. But it seems like it's been a positive surprise for a lot. So credit to Rob Benedict and that staff for, uh, for getting to, you know, to put this, put this thing together. You're at this point, most likely going to make the playoffs and you're going to get your chance. So it's uh it's good it's good to see it's good to see we're gonna cut that you know it's it's a it's a good turnaround and hopefully it is uh just the beginning all right last of our delco trio here in the pcl we got archbishop carroll not the best week for them they lost both of their games this week they lost on a walk-off error to uh, archbishop ryan they're gonna want that one back it's an archbishop ryan team that is currently two and six on the year so that's a uh, that's a tough loss. Also had another close loss, six to five to an Archbishop Wood team near the top of the standings. So that one's a little bit easier to swallow, but you know it's it's tough. And uh, you know you're never going to be happy when you lose both of your games in a week. They uh, have made their way down. They're about like halfway up the PCL rankings as we talked about in the beginning. Uh, Connor Keith had two scoreless appearances out of the bullpen. He also went two for three at the plate against Wood. So a good week from him. Jack Bateman went four for seven with a homer. He's now hitting 400. He is committed to Holy Cross. So some positives to take out of the week for Carroll. But as a whole, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. They'll have a huge game with Bonner coming up on Tuesday. As I just mentioned, we're talking about Bonner. We only get three Delco on Delco matchups throughout the year. So I, I always look forward to those. And I know Carroll streams their games for the most part. So uh, I'll have to tune into that one to see if Carroll can, uh, can send a message. All right, moving on to the Central League here. Read the standings at the beginning, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about a couple of different teams, a couple of different moments, because nobody wants to sit here and listen to all 12 teams, and I do not have the time to uh, to write stuff about all 12 teams. So we're just going to talk about some of the top storylines. Uh, Strathaven still leading the way in first place. Alex Pock has been about as dominant as you can get on the mound this season. He has a .74 ERA. But what's most impressive is that he hasn't allowed a single earned run in the Central League this season. That's 25 innings pitched, zero earned runs, which is crazy. You know, I mean, I I just think that for someone, especially for someone that I don't think is playing college baseball, or at least if so, hasn't committed yet, you know, to be able to have that type of dominance is is very impressive. Uh, he's had a nice one-two punch with Luke D'Ancona, who is a sophomore and has a 2.15 ERA. I saw him throw a bullpen at on deck this this offseason. His slider's got a lot of bite, uh, so good early success from them. He's a guy they'll have for two more years. Zane Malarkey's been great out of the pen with a 1.34 ERA in 15 innings. You know that's the one thing that a lot of high school teams will lack is you know you have that that one two rotational punch. You know for me it was Drew Robinson or Will Carey, and you just don't have that third guy when you know they either hit the pitch count or you know just get into like a little trouble. Uh, you don't have that that third guy you can rely on, but Zane has been that third guy this year, and I know they can also throw Sam Milligan if they need to. But you know, Malarkey has been that that relief guy that they've been uh, appreciating to have this year. The offense is struggling a bit, though. You know, it's kind of weird to say about a team that is eight and two, but Jake McDonough is the only player on the team hitting over three hundred, and he's at three thirty three. You have guys that are getting on base. Like Matt Kane at 522, Alex Pock at 490, but you know the team as a whole is hitting like 220. Uh, they've showed they can win that way in the past. If you look at their playoff run last year, I think they won 
maybe like 2-1, 2-0, you know, 4-1, and lost like 3-2. Like, that's just kind of it's kind of just Strathaven baseball in general. Uh, but, you know, they're going to need – they're going to need to be clutch if they're not going to be hitting as a whole, I think will probably be the best way to look at it. But, you know, still sitting at first place at eight and two. One of those two losses came to Ridley, who is on fire right now. And I'm not going to say that I predicted like this type of win streak, but I watched them in that Strathaven game absolutely clobber them 10 nothing, And they were only one and four on the year. So I, I remember thinking to myself like that game, like, yeah, like, I know Strathaven didn't play their best, but man, like that team could hit. They had a leadoff homer from Bryant Cawthorn in that game. They one to nine. I think every single player had at least one hit. And you lose a couple of one-run games when you're still early in the year. You know, you could tell the talent was there though. Like Jeremy Stranix is hitting over 400, and Mike Happer said not only is he hitting 367, he's got an ERA of 1.01 on the mound. So he's been helping this team win games uh, both ways. Jake Nellman's also been great. He threw that Strathaven game. He's got a three ERA, um, and he's hitting three thirty three as well. So a couple two-way guys. Uh, but, you know, this team, it's been Mike Happerset and Jake Nauman on the mound because Happerset has thrown 27.2 innings, Nauman 23.1, and no one else on Ridley has thrown more than eight, which, you know, it's not a knock on anyone else on Ridley. It's just like it's been those two guys winning them games, and, you know, that's what it's going to continue to be. But... They have a legitimate chance. Like this, this Central League race is far from over, because you know they're they're technically two games back from Strathaven, but they beat them, so they have that tiebreaker. Should they end the season with the same record, so just something to think about there. Uh, the other Strathaven loss here we got Upper Darby. Upper Darby has a real chance at their first postseason berth in a long time. Chris Apito and Chris Chung, oh man, they have just been anything you could ask for out of a one-two punch. Zepito has struck out 50 hitters in 29 innings. He's got a 1.19 ERA. He will be heading to NC State next year. He was the one that was expected to be this good. Chris Chung, on the other hand, has thrown back-to-back complete game one hitters. He has a 2.49 ERA this season, and those guys back-to-back have Upper Darby as a legitimate threat. You also have Drew Kessler, who has a 10-game hit streak. He started the season a little cold, but he's now up to 385 on the year now. And this Upper Darby team is climbing. They're 5-5. Five and five. They, as talked about uh, in the district preview thing, they are they're in the playoff picture. If the season ended right now, Upper Darby would be in the playoffs. I will have to get exact numbers. I talked to uh, Upper Darby coach Tom Carey, who's also on the in the Delco League for Marple. You know, it's been a long time since they've made the playoffs. And, you know, part of their goal is to try and, and convince these guys to stay home and go to Upper Darby as opposed to, you know, going to like play at a private school or something. They want these guys to, to stay home and start to build a culture here. And, and this year has been a good start. And, uh, we also have Brian Fitzpatrick hitting 366. This team will, uh, let's see what we got about six central league games left to show that they deserve a spot in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think the coolest moment specifically in the central league this year Maybe this year, definitely this week, but probably this year as a whole, was Bryce Siegel. He's a sophomore from Harrington that came on off the bench after an injury. He hit a walk-off grand slam for not only his first home run of the year, but according to Game Changer, his first hit of the year. So his first hit of the year was a first-pitch walk-off grand slam. That's not a bad way to get on the board whatsoever. 
Uh, I also need, staying on the Harrington theme, I need to give a shout out to my guy Declan Wayman. I talked about him when I brought up uh, the other guys I brought on to right. But he homered in this game too and got to write about it in the third person. And I was wondering if when he wrote this article, if when the home run came up, if he was going to be like, and I homered in the third or, you know, and a guy whose name sounds familiar, like, he, no, he just went all business. He just said Declan Wayman homered, you know, and, and uh, I respect that. But no, it's fun to write articles about your team winning, not as much when your team's losing. So uh, hopefully, hopefully for Declan and Harrington, we, uh, we won't have to worry about that too much. All right, another team here. Uh, last one I got for the Central League talk for right now. I have Drew Van Horn and Garnet Valley because Garnet Valley is starting to heat up a little bit. Drew Van Horn, a future member of the Wayne baseball team, the Delco League. I am very excited about that. Uh, he has three homers this year. He's hitting 364 with a 1276 OPS. Two of those home runs were in one game. I actually think they lost that game to Springfield, but two of those were in one game. So he has been an all Delco caliber kind of guy so far this year. Harrison Mall is a freshman, and he's hitting 360 right now. You won't see too many freshman bats be able to go in and produce right away like that. Uh, it's pretty uncommon. When I think of Delco freshman, I think of Alden Mathis, who was like first team all Delco as a freshman. And like nobody, I, I remember when he did that, I was like, nobody does that right away as a freshman. So good for him being able to uh, get off to a hot start. He seems like he's earned himself some more playing time. So uh, we'll get his opportunity. Logan Nelson has been a big part of this Garner Valley team, both with the bat and on the mound. He's got a 348 batting average. Combined with a with an OPS over one, but not only that, he has thrown 16 innings and has an ERA around three. So real solid numbers both ways for this Garnet Valley team. Uh, but the top of the rotation, the the star of this rotation so far has been Shane McDermott. He has thrown 29 innings this year, 29.2, and he's got a 1.18 ERA. The thing that makes him so important to this Garnet Valley team is just how deep he goes into games. Like in each of his last three starts. He's thrown six or more innings. And, you know, in the high school level, we talk about not a lot of teams will have that third or fourth guy that they truly trust. Being able to go that far into games is huge. So he's been doing a great job at helping them win these games. And they're, uh, they're I believe they are now sitting at five and five. So they're kind of working their way back up. As the defending champs, you know, don't write them off, uh, don't write them off too quickly. All right, that's all I got for the Central League uh, for today, I'm hoping to be able to start getting these episodes out once a week. It's all kind of going to depend on how my own playoffs go. So I play club for Penn State. We will be in regionals next weekend. That'll be May 12th uh, in Cortland, New York. We'll be playing St. Joe's. Uh, I think St. Joe's, UMass, and UConn are our four teams. When that, we will go back to the World Series like we did last year. So that will kind of dictate uh, the amount of coverage I'll be able to do, whether I'm playing in a World Series or not. Hopefully, hopefully for my sake, there will be less articles that week. But we got some more guys to help us out now. So that's, uh, that's very appreciated. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about DelVal. But honestly, the story of DelVal, it's Chichester. And when you have a team that is outscoring their opponents 120 to 4, let me, let me say that one more time in case you weren't quite listening, but now you're paying attention. There, Chichester is outscoring their opponents in the conference 120 to four. People can say what they want about the conference. I know a lot of these, you know, baseball programs aren't, you know, at the level that Chichester is. But I mean, this is taking care of business like, unlike anything else. This is taking care of business unlike anything else. 
Jason Hankins and Troy Neff are both hitting 500 right now. Uh, Troy Neff's OPS is over 1500. Cole Sanford's hitting 467. Ian Marin's hitting 462. DJ Anderson on the mound's leading the way. He's got a 1.4 ERA. Aaron Jackson, 0.86, a little less innings than him. But, you know, listen, are these stats somewhat inflated because of the conference? Sure. But I feel like there's just too much disrespect for this Chichester team as a whole based on, you know, them being in the conference and how DelVal teams have done in the playoffs in years past. This team, 10-run Pencrest, they beat Carroll by 9, they beat Upper Darby by 5, they beat another playoff team in Kennett, they lost a close 3-1 game that rain ended early to Holy Ghost. Like, this team, listen, uh, could they lose in the first round? Just sure. Anybody can lose in any game when it comes to single elimination playoff baseball. But this is a more than quality team, and the way that they're just, you know, taking care of business at every stop, only letting up four runs in eight conference games is very impressive, no matter who you're playing. And you're playing an Interboro team that's 7-2, right? Like, they're, they're winning all their other games, and they're taking care of business. So, uh, credit to Chichester. We'll be seeing them host a playoff game as a very high seed whenever it's all said and done. They'll most likely be getting a bye week as well. Uh, last but not least, you know, Sun Valley kind of gets their own sector. They're in the Chessmont, so I feel like my audience doesn't really need to hear about you know, how other Chessmont teams are doing, right? Like the Westchester, the Downingtowns. So that's not really not really my area of focus. You got to kind of draw the line somewhere. But Sun Valley is as Delco as it gets. They are currently 4-6 and six in the Chessmont, right outside the playoff picture. As I mentioned, they were one of that group of like five teams that was behind, uh, behind, behind Rustin for that last spot. Josh Lillis uh, putting together an all-Delco season. He's got an ERA of two right now. Cole Corrento has a 2.33 ERA. He's thrown 20 innings. Lillis has thrown 30. Those guys have both been great. Uh, Offensively, Icon Jones is a star. He's hitting 429 this year. He will be heading to uh, Cal U in the PSAC after this year. 535 on base percentage. You know, you can't dream of anything better for your leadoff hitter. Uh, So as a whole, the offense hasn't been incredible this year. Ivano Romaniello and Jackson Messick are both hitting 333. This team, it's kind of been like a roller coaster all year. They've, they've won, they've lost, they've won, they've lost. They're still hanging around. They got plenty of games left. The Chessmont is a tough conference to play in. These Downingtown schools are huge. You know, there's a lot of kids at these Westchester schools too. So realistically, they're probably out of the running for the Chessmont championship, but they still have plenty of time left to sneak their way into one of the final playoff spots. Wow, that was that was good. That was a lot of coverage we got here. Uh, you know, a lot of teams with a lot to play for. And that's the thing. There really aren't many teams that are out, like that are just truly out of it yet. And we got three weeks to go. So a lot can change then. But before we wrap up this episode, I promise that I would always just dedicate a little bit at the end of the show to the Phillies in honor of the original podcast I did, Breaking the Bank, uh, Philly show with Drew Robinson. That was back for some of you, you might remember the the Delco Media Group was our my friend group's like official you know attempt at, at doing the the sports media stuff. That was mostly tailored on Philly sports. Uh, once quarantine ended, you know we didn't really have as much time for that anymore. But with that being said, we've branched off Delco baseball now, so we're going to keep the breaking the bank segment alive. With that being said, the Phillies are starting to become more and more watchable every week. I think one of the episodes. 
that I I did of this show. I talked about the Phillies for like a minute because I'm like, there's really not much more left to talk about that people are going to actually want to listen to. So we'll start off uh, just talking about, you know, kind of a recap here. Take First off, taking two out of three games in Houston is awesome. I know the last game, you know, they had a lot of runners on. They couldn't convert. Uh, they got homers from from uh, Cody Clemens, of all people, is starting to kind of kind of put it together. But you know, that's a that's a, a series win that they should feel good about. And you know, for this team, you saw in the playoffs, Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler were both awesome this weekend. After not being awesome for the majority of the season, that is a very very encouraging sign because if those guys pitched the way they did for the first couple starts, this team is going nowhere. But if they pitch like they did this weekend, then the the future you know for the rest of this season is very bright. And so very encouraging to see for them. Uh, and I, one guy I, I truly feel bad for here is Christian Pache because he seemed like he was actually starting to play really well. You know, he did not get off to a good start, but seems like everybody that gets to work with Kevin Long has been making improvements on their game. And Christian Pache was hitting 360 when he tore his meniscus. So I, I feel bad for the guy. With that being said, he's very young. We have him for very cheap. And he should be back this season. I, I think I read a two-month recovery. So he should still be back plenty of time this season. But Brandon Marsh has been so good this year that it definitely lessens the blow a little. He's been great against lefties too, which has definitely uh, been something that people questioned about him. So the Phillies are in a great spot in center field. Hopefully Pache will make it back sometime soon. But you know who is back? And I can't believe I'm saying this on May 1st is Bryce Harper. This guy had Tommy John surgery in November. I mean, I understand that he's not a pitcher, but the fact that he's playing is crazy. And it just shows that, you know, some people do heal, you know, faster than others. Like some people do just, you know, based on how they've trained their bodies, just are able to recover quicker. And and Harper coming back, I, I forget, it was like 180 something days or something, whatever it was. It's insane that when his projection was to be ready by the all-star break and he's playing on May 2nd against the Dodgers is insane and just shows how much effort he's putting in to bring the city a championship. And if he's not in your top, let's say if he's not in your top three, but probably should be higher Philly athletes right now, then you're doing it wrong. Harper Embiid and Jalen Hurts should probably be, I mean, they're, they're the three most talented, I would say. Um, but you know, if, if Harper hasn't won you over yet, then anything outside of a World Series is probably not going to get it done. So some people have higher standards than others. I get it. But no, Harper, just coming back in this lineup, especially a lineup that lost Hoskins, is going to be a huge addition, especially pairing with Nick Cassianos, who's been incredible to start the year. Exactly what we imagined when we signed him from the Reds. You know, the, the power slowly starting to creep back, but very encouraged from what we've seen from Cassianos over the uh, first part of the season. The Phillies will head to Los Angeles. They'll be playing the Dodgers this week, which means we got, uh, unfortunately for you know some of our uh, high school guys, you might not be able to stay up and watch all the 10-10 uh, the starts this week. But they'll be playing the Dodgers, and they will be returning back home to face the Boston Red Sox, a team with the same record as them right now. Uh, so a good, good test this week. All right, everybody, that is all I have for this episode of Delco Baseball Now. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Delco Baseball, Facebook's Delco Baseball Now. Uh, hoping to make this more of a, a regular 
you know, once a week type of show, maybe start getting some interviews back with the free time now that the semester is over. But as always, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.